Well, uh, tonight, am I boring y'all with the steps thing? I mean, <laughs> is that getting through to anybody else? Um, you know, sometimes, I don't know, it, it seems like sometimes you get a kind of a revelation from God, so to speak. You, God kind of begins to deal with you on something. You share it with somebody and they just, they don't get it, you know. And it's not that it's less important in any way. It's just it wasn't really for them, you know. So at that time in their life, it doesn't mean much. So I hope that's not the case with this, man. I feel like this is uh, something that God is uh, really showing the church, not just me, you know. Definitely it applies to me, but hopefully it applies to others also. Uh, so those of you that weren't here this morning, we, we talked about step number three, which is renew your mind. And uh, if you want to kind of get up to speed on that, you can look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It tells you that you should uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So with that in mind, uh, I want to kind of bring us all together tonight. Uh, why all these steps? What? How does it apply to me? How can I use this why are we hearing it what is the point is is kind of what i want to address tonight um well in order to share that with you you have to go back to the beginning uh first of all what are the three steps draw close to god show love to those around you and renew your mind okay so those are the three things why do i need to know these steps what's the point well the original question i asked was what is the one thing I can do to make my church better? Okay? Unfortunately, that one thing is three steps. <laughs> so, it is one thing. It's one change of attitude. It's one um, uh, method you're going to go about doing this, but it takes three steps to do it. You have to draw close to God, right? We have to show love to those around us. That That is so... Those three things are so crucial to a church being what a church is supposed to be. The wonderful thing is, is not only for this the, the church, it's not just this big kind of uh, airy ideal that just generally applies to everything. I use it in my life. That's how it really applies. That's where... You know, the old saying is where the rubber meets the road. That's where it really makes a difference is in the personal life. When you apply those things, if each and every one of us apply those things, then guess what? It makes our church better. So tonight, let's look at some things. Why are these steps important? Why is it necessary that we do these things to become better? Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Y'all, the last thing I want to be is one of those motivational, no no word giving (laughs) kind of preachers. I'm, I'm not up here to tickle anybody's ears. I really could care less about what your emotional state is when you leave here. If I did my job, then God can handle that part of it, okay? So, when you get into these kind of things, you know... I don't know. I like to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, okay? 
I don't intentionally set out to teach a series. You know what I mean? Okay? It becomes so cliche. So that's not my intent in this. My intent is to really, really wake us up. Bring us to a point where where we can examine where we are and, and make a difference where it's necessary. So let's look at Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 6. Paul is addressing Timothy here. He's trying to remind him of some things. Verse 6 says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So Paul is trying to, in some ways, do what I'm doing tonight. I'm trying, he, he was trying to bring about remembrance in Timothy. He wanted him to remember how this all started, what the purpose in and doing it is, uh, all of those things. He wants to kind of wake up. That's, you know, you grab somebody by the shoulders and shake and say, wake up! Remember how this started. Remember what your purpose is. And that's exactly what I want to do with you tonight. I want you to uh, uh, wake up and remember what our purpose is. Our purpose is not to play church. Our purpose is not to make each other feel good. Sometimes that happens, right? We do help exhort each other, but that's not our purpose. There's all kinds of benefits that... Don't go along with the, the direct purpose. He, he tells him to stir up those gifts that are in you. First of all, stir that up. Why? Because that is the thing that empowers you. That is the thing that makes you uh, able to do what God's called you to do. He, he says that, if you look in verse... Nine, he says, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling. Now, I realize that this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, who was a pastor of a church. But y'all want you to understand, we all have a holy calling. We have a holy purpose that we are to go about in this life, and it doesn't have anything to do with trying to make each other feel good. In fact, sometimes the very opposite happens. Our emotions get trampled on sometimes. But, it may be the very thing we need to hear. It may be the very wake-up call we need at that point in time. But we look at this, and that's exactly what Paul is doing. He's trying to tell Timothy, you need to remember why you started doing this. All of us can look back. And remember when we were saved. Why why were you saved? Because you were scared. A lot of us. We we realized 
where we were and what needed to be done. We said, oh man, I need help. <laughs> you know, you kind of wake up all of a sudden and, and you realize, wait a minute, I need help. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. And, and you, you then go about what's necessary to, to get that debt covered. Jesus, cover me with your blood. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. But like I've told you many times over the past several weeks, that is just the beginning. That is your gateway into what God has for you. From there on, everything starts there. That's the new birth. You begin to grow from that point, or you should. And you go into a whole new realm. And what the, what the point is then is it's not about you anymore. At that point, we should forget about ourselves so much, not focus on ourselves as much as we used to, and begin to look around us and see who is in need. You see, our, our mission should be, first of all, to, to learn as much as we can, become disciples of Christ, and then, when we are ready, step out into this world and begin to share that gospel with people. I don't encourage you to do it before then. No more than, than God leads you. God leads you to go ahead, but you got to be careful when you don't know. You got to be careful when you're immature because you'll get out there and begin to speak and somebody will turn it around on you and not only make you look foolish, but make you begin to question what you believe. So we need to know where we stand. We need to understand what it is that God has for us. But I want you all to know that our, our, our salvation is dependent upon Jesus Christ, but that salvation is just that. It's salvation. There is so much more to our life with Christ than being saved. You understand what that means? See, we're, we're saved. For what? For what purpose? Well... First of all, because He loves us. He doesn't want us to perish. But see, God has a purpose for us after that. It's not just to occupy this body. Because there's others that need to be reached. The Word tells us that, it says, how will they hear without a preacher? And it goes on and gives several other examples. The point being that nobody is going to be saved unless somebody shares the gospel with them. You can't wait around on some angel to come show up and share the Word with you. Because it doesn't happen. It's not their job. You can't wait around on Jesus to meet you on the road to Damascus. <laughs> right? Because He only did that one time. Who else is going to do it? It's us. That's our job. It's our calling. It's our purpose. And that's such a wonderful thing. Y'all, it sounds like work. It is work. It sounds like, like a drudgery, but it's not. It's a, it's a privilege. It's an honor that God chooses to use us, such feeble and weak beings, 
to share His gospel with other people that they might be saved. What a blessing. Man, that's that's such an honor that God sees fit to use us like that. And I know right now somebody is sitting there thinking, I'm not worthy to do that. You're not? Why not? Let me share, your, share with you what the Word says. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. See, Jesus makes you worthy. That, that's all there is to it. Jesus makes you worthy. Why are we chosen? Why did He make us a royal priesthood? That verse answers it right there for you. That we would show forth His praises. You know what that means? It means you shouldn't be a tight-lipped Christian. It means you shouldn't keep it to yourself. It means you shouldn't be embarrassed about what He's done for you. You ought to be willing to just jump and shout and say, Oh, listen what God has done for me. Right? You ought to be willing to tell people. You ought to not only be willing. See, there's a difference in willing and want to. You ought to want to share your, your, your testimony with people. You ought to want to share the gospel with people. Why is that? Why should you have that desire? Well, let's see. If you taste of something good, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to tell somebody how good it was. Is that right? Yeah. I had me an awesome steak a couple weeks back up at that little cafe in Canard. First thing I want to do is tell people how good it was. Man, y'all got to try it. It's awesome. If my wife makes some wonderful meal or some wonderful dessert, oh man, y'all need to taste this. Right? That's the first thing we want to do when we eat something good. In fact, in a restaurant, I might even say, oh, Rhonda, you need to taste this. This is so good. Right there in the restaurant. I don't wait for an hour later or a week down the road. Right now. See how good it is. Y'all, there ain't no different. When God does something in your life, you ought to be willing to just write this and say, oh, y'all need to try this. Look what God has done in my life. This is so amazing. They may sit there and look at you like you have three eyes. I just want to warn you ahead of time. But that's all right, because I guarantee you they're thinking about it. Y'all, I've shared stuff with people before, and they just had one question after another, couldn't figure out what how this was going to happen. What about this? What about that? And I said, I don't know, but I know God is in control. See, that's all that matters. When you begin to share that testimony, you don't have to have every answer. You don't have to know every detail. But you can tell them what you know. That's what a witness does. He tells what he sees. Y'all, I'm here to tell you tonight that we as a church body need to wake up, begin to draw close to God, begin to show people love around us, and begin to renew our mind. Because if we don't make those changes, if we don't begin to make that effort, that push toward God, who is going to do it? No one. Surely nobody's going to do it for you. Okay? 
So you can look at it however you want to. You can say this message is for the church, or you can say that message is for me, because both of them apply. If there is anybody in this place today that understands that, it's me. I have to apply those things to my life right now. I can't wait another day. I have got to draw closer to God. I, y'all, it don't matter how close you are right now. That ain't close enough. And I know that sounds cliche. It's, it's so easy to just come up with little neat, little funny sayings like that, ain't it? But it has never been more, more needed today than, it, than any other time. We've got to draw closer to God. Because what we do is we begin to entertain the things of this world. We begin to let those things take precedence in our life. We begin to, uh, to make exceptions to what the standard was, he said. The only way to correct that path is to draw closer to Him. Because see, He, the Holy Spirit, is our standard bearer. Right? He is the one that is the guiding force in our life. If we will look to Him, we don't get off track. If we use Him as our standard, we don't go off and on another, another tangent. Many times I've looked in my life and said, how in the world did I get here? And I look up and I begin to seek God and immediately that Scripture reminds me, it says, he, His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Nevermore does it make more sense than times like that when you find yourself all of a sudden out in the middle of the wilderness. How in the world did I get here? doesn't matter how you got there. How do you get back is the, is the real question. You begin to seek God, you study His Word, and it will become just that. A lamp unto your feet that you may see what's going on around you. A light unto your path to guide you back to Him. That's all you need to know in a time like that. I don't need to know where I am and how I got here. I just need to know how to get back to the King. That's all I need. I begin to draw close to Him. And you know what? Renewing my mind goes right along with that. I can't draw close to Him if I don't renew my mind. If I don't change the way I'm thinking, I end up back where I was to get to start with. That's how I got in the wilderness. That's how I got lost, was not renewing my mind. Following after my old ways, the flesh, the things of this world, that is what gets you off track. But I renew my mind. By studying His Word, I begin to see things from His point of view, not my own. Guess what? Sin is revealed. Sin becomes, becomes evident in my life. I see where I went wrong in the light of His Word. That's what His Word does. See, the law was never meant to save you. The law reveals sin. That's all it does. That's, that's its purpose, is to show you sin. Y'all, that's what the Word of God will do to you if you allow it. If you don't pick and choose the things that sound nice. But if you examine that Word and you see where you're going wrong, it'll show you sin. As I draw close to God, 
and I renew my mind, guess what? Fruits of the Spirit become evident in my life. Oh, man. Y'all hear what I said? Fruits of the Spirit. Fruits begin to come out of me. See, fruits are produced from something, right? When the Spirit begins to dwell within you, something begins to be produced from that. Fruits of the Spirit become evident. Guess what? It's easy to show love to people then. When you're close to God, when you're listening to Him, when you're studying His Word, and you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, it's easy to show love. Why is that step number two? I told you today the order is not necessarily important. But number one, draw close to God. That one's important. The others, just go with that. You can really intermix them. However, but step two is so important because, let's face it, it doesn't matter how close I get to God and how renewed my mind is. If people can't see it, what good does it do? How do people see it? They see it by my fruits. The easiest way for somebody to see that fruit is for you to show them love. There's people look at us all the time. How often do they see love? So why all these steps? Y'all, we... We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to make a difference where nobody else ever has. You understand that? You say, well, what about people came before us? Didn't they have an opportunity? Yes, they did. But this is a different time. You see, we have an opportunity right now Will my children have an opportunity to reach people? Oh, they will. If, if Jesus tarries, they'll have an opportunity to reach people. But I want you to understand something today. This is our chance. Okay? I may not have one a week from now, a year from now. But right now. See, God doesn't call you to something without providing what's necessary to get there. And I'm telling you these things tonight because that's exactly what He's doing. Is He's calling a church. He's saying, church, there are people that I love. There are people that I want. There are people that need you. You say, well, wait a minute. Well, don't nobody need me. They need Jesus. You're right, but guess how they get Jesus? Somebody's got to show them. Somebody's got to preach to them. Somebody's got to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. It don't just land in their lap. They ain't going to have some miracle uh, uh, presentation to the gospel on the road to Lufkin one day. I'm telling you right now, it comes by people walking in the Spirit. It comes by people sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Word of mouth, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. It comes by communicating the Word to people. And if the people of God are not doing it, no one else is going to. 
The church has been dead. Does anybody want to argue that with me? Isn't that a shame? That's where we are. Y'all, we... We exist... That's it. We exist. What are we doing though? How are more people going to hear? See, my family saved. I still got work to do with them. I still have a responsibility to disciple my children. I still have a, a responsibility and a duty to bring them up in the way they should go. But they're saved. What about... Your children. What about your extended family and their children? What about your friends and your neighbors? Are they? Has everyone been saved yet? No, they have not. Not even close. So, where's the church? The church is tied up in events. The church is tied up ministering to their own needs. Unfortunately, the church is tied up with a divorce rate of 50%. How can you minister to other people's needs when, when you're hurting right here? You see, we're existing. We're not doing what the church was originally to do. The church was just a meeting place. A rallying point. You know what a rally point is? That's where armies would would meet to get further orders. What do you do then once you got the orders? You go out. You don't stay at the rally point. And that's what the church has done for decades now. They've set up the rally point. They come and feed their needs. I need need help. Y'all pray with me. You know... And hey, that's all wonderful. We are to pray for one another. But y'all, that is not the extent of our Christian life. That is just that. It's a rally point. It's a point to come back, rejuvenate, uh, reinforce, get new orders, go out again. But what do we do? We go out, but we just exist in our little, little circle. And that's it. Y'all, I can tell you these things, and you may disagree with me from your point of view. I'm telling you what I do. I'm telling you what I see other people do. And that is the way the church has been. But it doesn't have to stay that way. You see, these steps I've told you today is not the answer. That is the beginning. This is how we get back to a place that we can begin to receive instructions from God again. This is how you get out of the wilderness. You begin to draw close to Him. Seek after Him with everything you have. Y'all, I'm telling you these things today not because I think you're wrong. I'm telling you these things today because I know I have been wrong. I know I have lived a life of just complacency. Perfectly happy with the way things are going. It's so nice to just exist, ain't it? It's easy. 
too easy. But you look through history. You see the people that we remember. Those names that we're still taught about in school. Those people didn't just exist, y'all. Even if you study your Bible, the people that stand out, they didn't just exist. They shook the world up everywhere they went. Peter received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and began preaching right then. He didn't wait around, well, let's sit and think about this now and figure out what the best plan is for this event. How should we go about scheduling this? No. What does that tell you? It tells you as you have opportunity, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you have an opportunity. Even, you know what? Even look for opportunities. That's what we don't do a lot of times. That's why we're in the state we're in, because we do this. I don't want to see no opportunity because I've got other things I want to do. And if I were to stop and and take notice of the situation my neighbor is in, I might have to do something about it. Is that the truth? Oh, you know it is. Truth is painful sometimes. So where do we go from here? Well, y'all, I'm going to keep hammering step number one in my own life until I deem it necessary to do something different. I don't know if that will ever happen. But if I continue drawing close to God, y'all, the thing I've noticed is, is that God's Word is true. <laughs> when He says, you come close to me, I'll come close to you. Man, He, did, he didn't just make that up. He meant it. See, that's a promise. Okay? It's a promise. If you'll just come a little bit toward me, I'll come a little closer to you. I'll do my part if you'll do yours. See, when we draw close to Him, we're showing openness. We're showing desire. When's the last time you really, really, truly desired something from God? Answer that honestly to yourself. When's the last time you truly desired something from Him? That's a scary thought. Maybe your answer's better than mine. I don't know. Mine's not so good. You know, many times I'll pray and I'll say, God, I, I want You to be here. I want, I want You to begin working in me. I, you know, I pray those things. Where's my heart really? See, I remember a time when I desired something so greatly from God, I wasn't willing to get up from the altar. I desired something so great that time after time after time, I went to the altar until I got what I was praying for. See, that's a desire. That's, that's something, that's, that's a, the word called zeal, right? That's what that is. 
zealous for the things of God. Listen, why don't we have that today? Is it because the pastor doesn't open the altars and give people an opportunity? No, I do that. Now listen, y'all, I include myself in this. Now, I'm not trying to stand off and throw the blame at you. I'm right in the middle of it. I'm asking these questions that we may examine ourselves right now. Why is it that that zeal is missing? Where did it go? Where is that fire in our belly? Where is that desire for God? It's a shame that we don't have an answer for that, isn't it? It is. It is. So what do we do? Well, I'm going to keep pushing this, y'all, because I believe it. Those three steps, I think, are key to getting back to that kind of place. Because see, those times that I was zealous for the things of God, the times I really truly desired something so greatly that I was persistent, is when I had drawn close to God. It's when my mind was renewed because I had been in His Word. That show and love thing, that all just comes afterwards, right? It's a, it's a benefit of that. It's a fruit of those things. It's necessary to reach people, but it's not a step I have to do to get close to God. But the times that I was zealous is when I had done those things. When that is the way, it's not just a, I'm going to go do this now. It's the way I lived my life on a daily basis. Seeking God, wanting something from Him. Have I already received so much from Him that I don't need anything else? Is that really where I am? Not possible. I may have hit the point where I'm okay with where I am. But I guarantee you, He's not okay with where I am. 